you're listening to Life in the Peloton with Mitch Stocker. Me. Um, this time we're talking to Alex Evanson and um, just out riding with him a few days, I found it so interesting talking to him about the track, um, preparing for the Olympics and what he was going through to prepare for the Games coming up. Um, he's not selected yet, but um, you know he went to London and he's approaching that selection period again now. And I found it really interesting, the fact that he was there training with us as we prepare for the road. But not only what he did in training, but just his story in general. It's got plenty of twists and turns, and it surprised me how uh, he's come to where he is now as a rider, as a young guy. He's been through a lot already. So really interesting story. I hope you enjoy it. He's a great guy and going to be a real talent in the future. Um, and you can see he's got a mature head on his shoulders. So enjoy. So here we are, training camp South Africa, Green Edge, and I've got the newbie, Neo Pro, Alex Edmondson with me. Um, Been good sort of just chatting to you last couple of days, out riding, and I was just like, holy crap, heaps of interesting stuff with you. Um, one, just being Neo on the team, and two, all the stuff leading up to the Olympics, Rio coming up next year. Um, and you were just running me through some stuff you were doing on the track, and I was just completely mind-blown about what you guys do on there this early out from the Games. I guess it's not that far away now, but you were telling me about some stuff early on. Um, And I guess I started talking to you a bit more about it and then just um, getting to know you a little bit more. Um, But even back from that, tell me a little bit about yourself. You were saying that, you were originally born in Malaysia. How's how's that? How have you come to where you are right now? Yeah, I think uh, it's been a, a different sort of a journey for me than I think uh, your normal Australian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have my dad's a petroleum engineer uh, and my mum's a mum's a teacher, so they both used to work for Shell. So they actually met in Oman in the Middle East and got married there of all places, and so then they they had. They had my big... Married uh, in Oman. Yeah. So yeah, they right. actually been married in Oman in the Middle East, in Muscat of all places. So, yeah, right. And it's an interesting story because it's... There's, well, mum's Scottish and dad's Australian. The only place they could get married was on Australian soil. So they ended yeah. up getting married in Oman in the Australian embassy in the gardens. Right. Um, so that's... I think I've always... I've never actually been back since I was... Do you have desire to do a tour of Oman? Well, exactly. I think yeah. that's... I just want to go there. You see all these photos and some of the memories. I was pretty young when I was there. Hmm. Um, but I think just to be able to have those experiences is, is pretty special. But, yeah, that'd be sweet. But yeah, so I've got an older brother, Chris, who was actually born in Aberdeen in Scotland. <laughs> My sister was born in Adelaide. Nice. And I was actually born in, in Malaysia. So... <laughs> It's all a, nice. bit, a bit spread out. So, uh, yeah, so I spent time in Malaysia, spent six months or a year in Malaysia, then went to Holland to The Hague. Yeah, right. Spent, yeah, spent <laughs> a year in The Hague and then another three in um, Oman, so before coming back to Australia. When so, did you come back to Australia then? I think 
Start in 97. So how old were you then? So I would have been, well, I was born in 93, so four. Ah, right. Four and a bit. So you don't remember much of that, or do not, you? Not a hell of a lot. I just remember the biggest things that I remember. I don't remember anything from Malaysia or Holland. I think I was a bit too young, but I remember Oman. Dad used to be, um, what did he used to be? He used to be um, something in the boat club, manager or something <laughs> in the boat club. So yeah. I just remember spending most of my days in just swimming around this swimming pool. Um, in a massive swimming pool and going into the deserts. Um, yeah. Mum loves like fossils. Yeah, just right. Going fossiling and finding um, fossilized wood, huh. which the house is just it's yeah covered. Got it all back. Yeah, so house, exactly. Yeah. So I think um, yeah, the it's definitely a bit of a different uh, sort of upbringing. I think I spent a lot of time in between all those different countries, plus Scotland, seeing my grandparents and mm. flying between Australia. So I already had a fair few frequent flyer points up by the time I was about five. Yeah, right. Definitely want to go back to Oman then. Yeah, I think one day, especially now that you now get into cycling, you see the tour of Oman and then you see it wasn't until yeah, I was a bit younger and Dad's like, look, that's Muscat. That's where we used to live. And yeah. you're going, holy moly, that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that's like, it's not like it's just a hop, skip and jump away. It's pretty unique to, to Fuck yeah. Like that. Well, I had no idea about all that stuff. Not that anyone knows really like... You would have probably no idea where I was born, but it's like I was born in Melbourne, so yeah, yeah <laughs> that's pretty yeah, pretty same. crazy. Yeah. But um, I just was just looking about that before about you, and I was like, shit, that's that's interesting. I wanted to know about it. But um, just fast forward, you were telling me before about I'm really intrigued about um, how you got to London Olympics. You were second youngest person ever selected for the Australian cycling t- cycling team. Which is, and you're 18 when you got selected, but you were running f- through before about how you got to that point, and it was pretty much from what was it from juniors to the Olympics yeah. non stop. Yeah, from well, yeah, it's an interesting story because yeah, it was 2011. I made my first or well, second well, main main Australian team, which was the junior worlds on the track. So we went to, to Moscow of all places. How old were you? Uh, 2011, 17, right? So, so 17, under 19, yeah, under yeah. 19, second year, and uh. He came away from there with, yeah, with two world or rec- well, one world record and two um, two world championships in the team shoot. In the you match. had the world record. Yes, we individual. Broke the, oh no, team shoot. Oh, so team we shoot. Broke, yeah, yeah. We broke the team shoot world record. Nice. Which still stands today, which is pretty. Does cool. it? Yes, yeah, so we wrote. What four, is that time? Four oh two. Nice. Um, on Jesus. On hundred, which is, yeah. Which is, uh, now I look back and think, geez, we've gone pretty good. Yeah. Um, it was in Moscow, which is. Uh, 3.33, so it is a pretty fast track. It's a big track. I've been there before. It's huge yeah. banks. Yeah, it's yeah. almost scary. It's an extra... I'm not, yeah, it's an extra metre and a half, two metres on... Um, no, no, it must be three metres on Adelaide. Oh, it's got to be. Yeah, it's three, huge. Yeah, I think it's... Is it... I think in normal tracks, seven metres. I reckon it's... In width, nine, yeah, yeah. Nine metres wide. So it's just... You go and it's 330 metres length. Yeah, so it's a indoor as well, so mm. it's... You come off the banks, you don't have to pedal for about two two laps, which makes efforts pretty good. But Heaps can't. of records are broken there, though. Yeah, well, they? that's where Tara Boss broke the back in the day broke um, broke the world record there as well. So yeah. until now, they go to Aguascalientes in Mexico. Uh, oh, yeah, because a high altitude. Yeah, which yeah, makes right. it super fast. But anyway, so we went from yeah, we went from Moscow. Um, so that's August 2011. Mm. Went straight from uh, Moscow to Italy to the the Junior Worlds on the road. Spent a month in Italy, then went to Copenhagen for the World Championships, and then flew straight home. And Tim says, "No, nah, you're not having a break yet. You need." This to- is Tim Decker, yeah, your Tim coach. Yeah. Yep. Says, "No, nah, mate, no time for breaks. You're going for a bit of experience. You're going to the Kazakhstan World Cup, 
first elite team. You're just going to go there to the camp for two weeks, see what happens. And you were just you you were pretty was, keen for a break at this yeah, point. You're so, like, you know, I've been going for like a year or more, yeah, well, peaking exactly. for worlds, mind you. Exactly, you know? and yeah. that's the thing. Like, I've been, <laughs> I'd actually been going for a year because the following year in 2010, I'd done my knee, so I spent seven months off the bike. So, from that day that I got back on the bike <laughs> to the junior worlds was just my only thing that I ever wanted was to make the junior world team. So I'd already been a year yeah. straight, no like breaks, any junior, yeah. Just the most hunger. Of, anyway, so we. A year on, we're there. I want a break. Anyway, go to Kazakhstan World Cup to the camp. Anyway, get to selection time. All of a sudden, they're like, Alex, you've made the team. You're going to Kazakhstan. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I'm just going, I'm a bit shell shocked. And I was like, oh, I'll just take this. Were you riding a little bit like, ah, uh, look, I'll just do what I need to do? Or were you like, oh, hang on, I can probably squeeze into the team here? No, I think as a junior, as a young guy coming into an older team, you always want to do your best. So you're just, just naturally doing your best. Yeah, and like, so whatever. Just, yeah. Exactly. Like, I think for me, it's <laughs> if I do something, I do it 100%. I'm not going to yeah, mess okay. around. It's like... Nice Tim mentality. Just, yeah, Timmy yeah. just said, there's two weeks, mate. Just put up with it. Then you can have your break. And I was like, all right, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> ended up in Kazakhstan. Ended up coming away with second in the team shoot and won the Madison with Glen O'Shea. So coming away with gold and the silver for my first... Anyway, came back. Tim's like, nah, sorry, mate. Uh, you've only got two weeks till the Omnium titles and the Madison title. So I went there. I managed to get second in the Omnium behind Glenn. And then he's like, oh, nah, you know you're going to the Beijing World Cup. Went to Beijing World Cup, started January 2012. So he was just sort of like, look, it might be good for experience. Yeah, exactly. Go to Beijing. Same idea as Kazakhstan. He was pretty much... Do you reckon... Just to go off a sidetrack here, do you reckon now looking back on it, Tim knew what he was doing? Yeah. He was I, just I like, think, I know how yeah. to get the best out of this guy and yeah. he's going to the top and I'm just going to keep pushing him along this way or he's just like, I don't know, Look, see what happens. I think a bit of both, to yeah. be honest. I think Tim knows, I've spent a fair bit of time with Tim. I've been with Tim since, jeez, um, middle of 2009. So mm. I'd already spent a fair bit of time and he knows my personality and that if I'm going to do something, I'm doing it. 100% otherwise I'm not going to bother doing it at all um, so I think he in the back of his mind he probably knew that every time that I did I was going to step up Always to the challenge yeah, um, cool. but at the same time I think he still thought like at that time the, the A team coming into Olympic year it's not the best time to for a little junior to be coming into the Olympic year so so what were you 17 yeah, seven, I just turned 18 December 22nd so this is what now 211 yeah so this is starting 2012 Right, and so your games are in August. August, right. Yeah, so now we're in January, gone to Beijing. At this point, were you like going, oh, I could probably make the games here? Were you just like, oh, this is cool to ride with the guys who are going to the Olympics? Um, well, I still wasn't even riding with the guys going to the Olympics. I was oh. still in the B team, what right. I call the B team. So I think there was a bit of a pos... Like, I guess you're always thinking the bigger picture, like going to Olympics, but I think everyone's dream is to make the Olympic team. And at that time, I was pretty young... I've only just come out of the juniors less than three months ago. Um, so I think for me, I never wanted to count my chickens before they had hatched. So mm. I was just along for the ride, hoping for a little bit of a recovery. If yeah, I, yeah, if yeah. I got like... that break, but it, looking back... <laughs> looking for that look, break? Yeah, looking back, I think it's, it's gone well. And look, we went to Beijing, managed to be one of the strongest guys there. And that was two weeks before the Australian titles where we... Uh, um, with South Australia, we had the team to shoot were pretty strong, and that year it was um, Jack Bobridge, Rowan Dennis, and Glenn O'Shea and myself. Yeah, right. Uh, which we ended up going on to break the Australian Championship record and rode a fifty-six, which for me just being this little young kid that was uh, was pretty cool. 
Um, and then um, all of a sudden we came away with yeah, a national title and uh, a new championship record. So all of a sudden, the, Ian McKenzie at the time was the head coach, um, spoke to Tim and said, look, mate, we want to bring Alex um, to the London World Cup first time with the A-team mm. and just get some experience. And then Tim said, mate, I promise you, you're going to get your recovery after this. You're going to get a bit of time <laughs> This off. is that still... So, so what is, is this, like, February. a year and a half after the yeah. break? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so this is February coming. And uh, anyway, Glenn ended up... I think, no, Glenn got had low testosterone. So all of a sudden, there was one spot there and they were a bit... Oh, if I was going to go, then all of a sudden, I'm, they were like, no, nah, you're coming. I went to... So this is London World Cup leading into Olympic year in London. So it's a pretty much a test event for the London Olympics. Um, at that stage, it was um, Rowan Dennis, Jack Bobbridge, Michael Hepburn, Luke Durbridge, and myself. Yeah, right. Durbo um, was there yeah, too. So, so Durbo still in. Durbo was still... Yeah, he was current team shoot world champion. The boys were team shoot world champions from... Uh, I think it was Copenhagen. Was it Copenhagen? It was mm. either Copenhagen or... No, Appledore. Yeah, right. From Appledore in 2013. Um, no, 2011. So, all of a sudden, I thought I was going there. I thought I was just the fifth man. I wasn't going to yeah. get a ride. All of a sudden, sat down and Macca <laughs> goes, yeah, mate, you're riding. You've taken... Luke's spot. Um, so all of a sudden, I'm just a little little yeah. kid that can't really ride big gears. They're telling me I need to ride 106, where I'm going, mate, I, I've only just been riding 102. I can't, yeah. like, 102 is big. So I ended up bumping it up to 104. I thought that was ridiculous. And we rode... Um, all right, well, so just before we go on, like, because we're talking, you and I know sort of what those gears are. Well, I yeah. sort of don't now, because I've been a long time since I've been on the track. But um, 106, it's... Explain how that actually comes to that numbers. It's in 106 inch gear. Yeah, so every every pedal stroke you're doing, you're going 106 inches. So I'm pretty sure... Is I, that how it works? Yeah, so every pedal stroke... Yeah, right, every going, revolution. Every revolution, yeah. you're going 106 inches. Right. Um, so that's pretty much equivalent of like a 53-14. Yeah, okay. Um, 53 front 53 train ring front, and, a, yeah, and a 14 cog. cog at the back. Yeah, yeah, okay, which is pretty big. A, a standard road bike has a 53... The biggest gear is a 53.11. So you're almost down in your hardest gear in your road bike. Yeah, yeah right. Doing that off a standing start. Yeah. Getting that up to pace for a 4K. At, and we ended up riding a 3.54. Yeah. Which, from there, my previous best was a 3.56. And the difference doesn't sound like a hell of a lot, that yeah. two seconds. But anything... And you're winning races by 0.001 of a second. So that was just absolutely unbelievable. I think the biggest thing I took out of that was... Uh, even though I'd taken Luke Durbridge's spot, mm. most people, when it comes down to cut cutthroat to a team, doesn't that normally take it pretty hard. Mm. And uh, but Luke was, I still to this day, I, I think that's why I, I idolised Luke. Is yeah, he was just so like, mate, look, you deserve this spot. Look, Shit. you're the reason. If uh, if yeah, if you weren't going as good, you wouldn't have got the spot. And look, and then when we got back, wow, that's up, pretty. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty intense. So yeah. all of a sudden, he's the world champion. All of a sudden. We got back to um, Australia and Macca goes, sorry, Luke, you're not in the team anymore. And so I did Luke sort of already know that? Well, I, Did he have this be speech honest, with you before that or this no, was this after was selection? So yeah, this right. was after selection. So, and I just think it's such, for me, I just remember being this young kid wanting not didn't want to step on anyone's toes and all of a sudden I've done that. And I think I'm not sure exactly what happened mm. between Luke and the support staff, if it was a mutual decision that he wanted to go the road or not. But I just remember... There's, 
been so many times when normally in that sort of situation it can get really, really Messy, tense. Yeah. yeah, and but for him to just stand up and say, "Look, um, you deserve this spot," like no mate, like well done, like you're obviously you're a young kid coming through, and it's just amazing to see. And I think that really is something that's always stood by me that mm. whenever I've made a team, I've always wanted to be there for the other kid. Or if I didn't make the team, I was always trying to be. A bit more. That's awesome, yeah. Um, like, and so I think that, even though definitely... you're not that old now, like maybe you are getting older in the Teens Pursuit squad, but like I guess you're probably coming to a point where you're not quite in form at the moment or whatever, and there's someone else is pushing you out. You you take exactly. on that gracefulness or that humbleness exactly, of Durbo. Yeah. And that's the thing, Durbo. Yeah, he taught me. Yeah, right. taught me that, and I know every day since it's always stuck with me. Um, that's so awesome. That was, that was yeah, such a, an amazing thing, and then. Yeah, got back to Australia, and then Tim goes, oh, yeah, well, do you want the good or do you want the bad news? You were like, oh, a break. Yeah, yeah like, sweet. It's going to be a break, bad news is, I don't know. you got to go to the Olympics. Yeah, yeah something. <laughs> anyway, get home. He goes, bad news is you're not having a break. Good news is you're going to the world's camp. So this is my first elite world's camp. Anyway, we went to Oh, Brighton. world's, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. World's in, this is in, um, in, in, a, in Melbourne of all places. So mm. It's in Australia. It's one of the big, big things. Anyway, I went to Bright, suffered through Bright for about a month. Bright? Um, Why the hell would they go to Bright? Look, we it was for a road camp. Yeah. So this was so we went to Bright for a month and then went to back to Adelaide for three weeks. Oh, wow. Um and being a little young kid coming through with these with Peppy and Jack and Rowan, um, I think I uh, tested my mental capacity um, pretty much every single day. But anyway, we went there, went to the world. Why, why would it, why did it test you? Because they were just like, I think they the, could handle it and it ability, wasn't a big, oh, right. I think just the ability of, we're doing pretty long days. Like one of the days, I think we did 160K before we even hit um, Falls Creek. Yeah. And then we had to race up Falls Creek and I was pretty much written off by the time I got to the bottom. I'd ridden 10 minutes on the front with Rowan and him half-wheeling me at 400 watts and I think from the first 10k to the last, I was already boxed. And I remember, I can still remember it. I got to the, finally got to the top and I fell asleep before we even got to the bottom in the car on the way home. And wow. I just slept the whole way home. So um, you, so you really, I wouldn't say out of your depth, but you were just uh, all the time just growing. Yeah, you know? and that's the thing. And yeah. I think at the time it was one of the hardest things because every time you get on the bike, it's like, wow. Like, this is, I'm just going in almost, I wouldn't say for certain failure, yeah. but I know I'm going to come out the other end really, really cooked. Yeah. But um, I think looking back at it now, it's one of the best things. Yeah, push you to this, like, new level pushing. every single exactly. time. You're like, every time oh, shit, can bike. I even keep up? Exactly. So, I think I went leaps and bounds in, in that year. And anyway, we ended up at the, the World Championships. I made the team where, so I went to Melbourne, and this was the first time we'd gone there. It's Olympic year. We're going to against the Poms, um, and I had the, the talk with Ian McKenzie going, hey, well, mate, look, you haven't made you haven't made the squad for the team to shoot, mm. but you're going to ride a scratch race. And so... That's the token sudden, event. I got the token one year. Yeah, so sweet. Of, yeah, so all of a sudden, I'm like, shit, yeah, I got the best ride. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so all of a sudden, you go from training every day, it's about all like, oh, this is just to get me to the team to shoot, and then all of a sudden, you get there, and it's like, oh. I'm just falling a little bit short. Yeah. So that was such a tough experience, I think. Oh, right. And that was it? Yeah. So I missed missed the ride. The boys went on to win silver. How'd you um, go on the scratch race, by the way? Oh, scratch race. I think we got like 13th or 14th. I got 13th. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was one Ben Swift one. 
Yeah, right. Um, okay. Yeah, so that was I just did, I just blew my doors off too early. Yeah. And sprinted and I just stayed exactly where we started about ten <laughs> laps out. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, see, I think that was one another thing where Durbo came back in was even though I missed it. I knew that the reason why I wasn't there was because I wasn't going. I wasn't obviously one of the four best, mm. uh, and that was, I think, one of the things where Derbo had taught me was, look, you got to take it on the chin. Like this is for a reason. It's not just because he hates you or he, something. It's because of your ability. Even if, even if that maybe is true, you've got to believe that it is about ability. because well, exactly. otherwise you'll do your head in. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. interesting. Yeah, otherwise you've already lost. Because yeah, you start playing those games. Mind games. It's all. Yeah, and I can imagine it's always like that in the... Well, it's like that in all the selections, but I yeah. I just remember my little experience on the track that a lot of it was about that... It feels like about that political bullshit. And if you can be ahead of that and just go, yeah. you know what, if I just put the friggin' performances out there, I'm going to yeah. get above all this. Yeah, yeah nice. It's, That's it's, crazy it's really you sort of got we'll onto come, that. We'll come back to that. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so anyway, we've done the world. So I was a bit upset. I finally got my break. Mm. I got a week. No, that long. Yeah, so Jesus. I got a week. So Tim was uh, <laughs> a week all of a sudden. So I've had a week. <laughs> anyway, I can't remember exactly the date, but all of a sudden I remember I was lying on my bed one afternoon. I got a phone call from Ian McKenzie going, Alex? And I was like, Ian? <laughs> Man, a few words. <laughs> he is sir. And uh, he goes, Good news. And I was like, What's that? He's like, You're going to London. And I was like, Huh? I was like, what? And he's like, Congratulations, you've made the London Olympic team. <laughs> and I just remember just being like, oh my God, you're like, you serious? And he's like, yeah, mate, well done. Bye. And I've <laughs> like, just, like, just lost it, like, all of a sudden, because I didn't, I guess, I guess I probably had maybe ifs if I was going to go, but all of a sudden, when I got that phone call, I was like, geez, this is pretty cool. Shit, Anyway, yeah. next day, started a uh, training camp. Just me and Ian McKenzie, all the other boys were overseas, so it's just me and him. He just ran a camp for you. Yeah, so I spent a month and a half with Ian McKenzie, just getting absolutely flogged. Um, and then, uh, so that was interesting. That was a way to learn. Anyway, we went over to over to Europe, met the boys, and we we spent a, I think it was three weeks in Aigle in Switzerland mm. uh, on the velodrome there, the two hundred meter. Um, which is a lot smaller than the 250, which is the standard Olympic distance. Yeah, actually, now, just to interrupt here, just quickly, because I don't know heaps about tracks. I heard you speaking about this the other day. So, like, for instance, we are talking about before the Moscow track. It's a 330-meter track, big bend, a big banks, huge in terms of width, and long bends. Aigle, another track. So all velodromes can be different sizes all over the world. Yeah. A standard track is 250 meters. Yeah. That has to be that for the world championships. Yeah, doesn't so it? for any of the world championships or Olympic games, it's got to be 250 meter indoor yeah. track. Wood. Yeah. But then what makes a track, in your opinion, what makes a fast track? Well, it depends if you're, if you're a sprinter. A sprinter, it's obviously really big high bends. Because you're sitting at the top yeah, of the because, bend so and you, you can jump run, down the bend. As yeah. you get a, a big run off the bends into yeah. down so you can do the flying 200 and you get a really fast time. But for, for Your us, events, yeah, for teams for shoot. Team yeah. shooting, it's the more time you can spend in the bend is... Uh, so if you've got a, a longer bend, uh, you get free speed. Don't, free speed? What, what does that even mean? What does that mean? you like literally well, not pedaling yeah, in the well, bend? The what, is, you get slingshotted around? Yeah, as yeah. you get the, the Gs as you come into the bend... How many Gs you're pulling in... <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't be. I reckon it'd be a fair few when we get getting up and going. Like, 
when we're at rake speed, you can feel the you can feel the wheels starting to, to slide a little bit. Can um, you? And especially on Agle, the two hundred meter, because it's a bit smaller, you start getting dizzy because you're going around so fast. Wow. Um, but yeah, so the more time you can spend in a bend, the faster it is because with your picture, if you've got small bends and a really long straight. It's like if you're on the road, yeah. If you're on the straight and it's a long one, you're yeah. spending a lot of time just chugging away on the pedals. Where as soon as you hit the bend, you can use the Flick G's around. and it just sucks you around. Yeah, right. Um, so All right, that's yeah. Though <laughs> yeah, so that's it's pretty much it's, it. Yeah, it's interesting though because it's you never really have the same track. Mm. That's the thing is every time that you go to a world world cup or world championships, you have to get used to the track. Every time you swing up, mm. it's different. Every the line on the track is so hard that. It, you've got to try and ride the black line because the black line is the shortest. That's 250 meters. Every time you ride, you Above the black ride line. that. Which So if you ride on the red, which is about a meter and a half up, that's yeah. an extra, I think it's, I think it's an extra 65 meters. Per lap. Over 4K. Oh, okay. Over 4K. Yeah. So but if you picture that, when you're winning races by 0.01, yeah. you're doing an extra meters. That's well, even one you. meter. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the difference between winning and losing. It's almost... Um, that's what's hard about the track is these small things even if you move your head a tiny bit yeah that right can be the difference point, point zero one. then all of a sudden you start thinking if I you suck your arms in a little bit or pull your head down that's the that's the difference which I guess it's pretty hard to take but anyway you get on with it because that's part of the job yeah I guess so yeah um, so yeah we spent three weeks in Agle which for me was one of the toughest times I've ever had in cycling um, right Why I so? just I think just my, I wasn't, I think the other boys, Jack Robridge, Roland Dennis, uh, and Roland, Jack, Jack, Jack Happy and Roland. Yeah. Um, I think my ability on the road, like I was, wasn't quite at their level. Uh, I'm not sure why, but I think because I was one of the younger ones, Roland made my life pretty tough. Um, I'm not sure what the reasoning behind that. I never really worked it out. Yeah, right. Um, but I did was there, f- was, there, was there only just four of you? Uh, and Mitchell Mulholm. Oh, okay. So Mitchell Mulholm was there just with fifth man just in case something happened. Um, but every time, like I was rooming with Glenn O'Shea and I, we'd do a session in the morning and a session in the afternoon. We'd do five, six fives in the morning and then five fives in the afternoon. Five kilometres. Yeah, five yeah. kilometres. So pretty long, not not as fast, but just long efforts. Um, Would you do them what? Just at below race pace? Yeah, so that's a bit slower, just more for technique. Yeah. Um, and the uh, aerobic. Yeah. Um, and then we go and do road time trials, eight um, eight kilometer team time trials at a, at a higher power, and then f- do 160k and then finish right up this climb up to Lazy Inn. Um, and as a little 18 year old, hasn't really spent much time on the road. I was just getting flogged, and every time that I'd go to the track, I didn't. I was always one of the weakest. Yeah. You, so you're practically the weakest link. Yeah. So of that was four the thing. So yeah. then. And the thing, the difference between track cycling and road cycling is, if you're having a good day, it's fine, you yeah. can finish. But as, as soon as you're having a bad day on the road, if you're having a bad day, you can just sit in, suck along, get to the finish, and no one really finds out. Yeah, but if you're true. on a bad, even two percent off on the track, that's the difference between finishing and calling three and, and looking like an idiot. Yeah. Um. So every you're time, fully exposed. The coach can see you the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the thing is, you you never want to call three. You never want to look like the weak one because that could be the X across your name, which means you're not making that team at the certain whatever race it is, or the camp, or the team, whatever it is. Mm. Um, so I remember, got, like, just what you were saying before about Rowan, is that like, 
I remember when I was in the Teaser Shoot team, even going for like World Cup or whatever it was, but there was a guy we didn't necessarily want in the team and the three of us were sort of working Together to try and get rid him. of him. Yeah. You know, so the guy in front of him, before he did his turn, would slow down a bit. And he would swing up. So then he, the guy we didn't want in the team anymore, he had to pull a bit harder. Yeah. And as he swung up, the guy behind him would just rip through his yeah. turn so he wasn't getting on the back. And these are all tiny little things, but when they add up... Exactly. Is that sort of shit that you could feel that was going on then? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that was... I think it's one of the hardest things to take as well because, one, I didn't know what I was actually doing to deserve it. Yeah, right. Um, but two, you know what's happening, but... You don't what have can you do to it? change it. You yeah. can't do anything. And um, you were the youngest there. You're not youngest, going to be like, go up and really tell on up. someone. Yeah. Exactly. So I can't really speak up and blah, blah. So I just suffered through. And I've, I've, it's been pretty interesting because before I started cycling, I, I was a downhill mountain biker. Mm. Um, and mum said, came up with this idea, why don't you write a journal or a scrapbook of, of your racing? And I thought, oh, no, screw that. That's too much time. Mm. But... I just said, you know what, I'm going to do it. So even before I started cycling, I started a scrapbook of my downhill races. Whenever I do it, I just write a little bit about it, put some photos. So the the funny thing is, is the whole way through my career so far, well, my little career, <laughs> every race that I've gone to, I've got a scrapbook. Yeah. So every race that I've got is pretty much in this scrapbook. And so it's, I think that's a thing which has been pretty cool is during the time, I just always write about what is happening. I've written down this happened today or this is, I'm not feeling very good because of this. Mm, um, whatever you needed to write yeah, down. Yeah, if you so couldn't exactly. speak to someone, you could just write it in that Yeah, book. so exactly. So it was almost like a way that I could get off my chest. Um, but now I can look back and I look at it and I just think, holy shit, I, I was almost depressed. Mm. Um, but what, anyway, reading those notes? Do you read over those notes? Yeah, so now I've got, yeah, so now I've got, I think I've got six 96-page books full of just every race from the, my first race. I've got my when I, I rode novice and I won novice as eleven year old in um, in a race, and I've got my little envelope from where I got my prize oh. money, and so it's pretty cool. But do you read over stuff like, you know, I was going really good back then. I wonder what sort of headspace I was in. I'll read over those notes and just sort of get try and get a feel of that because yeah, I'm exactly. needing some inspiration at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's also just looking back at previous test results or powers or times that I'd ridden, so I can look back and go. When times are tough, I can look back and go, look, I was doing that two years ago. Look where I am now. Like, I've made these leaps. I'm and killing bounds. that, yeah. Exactly. And even and though so, sometimes you feel like, I feel like I'm shitter than I was two years ago. How could yeah, that be possible? Exactly. You actually got the facts now. And you're exactly. like, I'm not shitter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was the thing that was good. But it was also, I think the, the best thing about it was being able to almost get it out of me yeah. and write it down. So I felt like um, I could move on. And anyway, I went to the London Olympics just before you go into that, I want to ask you just then, like, now that you're becoming a bit more of a senior member in the team and you've been through those experiences yourself, do you now are more aware when, say, a new guy comes in or a young guy comes in and you can see he's struggling or he's that's, that stuff's happening and you're like, nah, screw this, I've been in that situation. I'm just going to yeah. maybe give him a pat on the back or I don't even know what it is or maybe yeah. just go, hey, dude, yeah. I know what you're going through hang in because it'll be all right or it's, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's one of the, as I was going to say, after the Olympics, uh, I learned a hell of a lot about the, the emotions that you go through and what can happen if things don't go your way and you do pick on someone. And I think now that I, yeah, I am one of the, the more experienced guys, I'm not the oldest, but I'm 
that's the thing I'm trying to tell these guys right it's pretty much the same age as me if not mm. a couple of years younger it feels funny yeah, yeah same yeah. I'm the older one giving these guys the experience but that's the biggest thing is knowing like just to be able to have chats to them saying look I've been through exactly what you're going through I know exactly how it is copying shit from the older guys people booting under playing mind games but it's just about all you've got to do is focus on what you're in charge mm. your, your ball and your square and everything else will take care of itself. As long as you focus on whatever you can do to your absolute best, whatever someone else is doing, what Joe Blow over here is doing, that's not going to play. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Yeah. And, but at the time, you just think... So nothing. easy to get caught up exactly. in that. It's so easy to get caught exactly. up in racing each exactly. other. And like, even like we're here now, this training camp, and you know what you've got to do here, and you, you're supposed to be preparing for me. I'm preparing for the classics, but you're out here riding with someone who's preparing for another race. Yeah. And you get caught up in it. You're like, oh, maybe I should be, you know, yeah. riding with him on the hill. And you're like, hang on, yeah. Don't forget what you're doing here. Yeah, exactly. You know? and I think that's the biggest thing is just making sure that you're only in control of what you are, mm. and just focusing on whatever your goals are. That's what you focus on. If someone, everyone's different at the end yeah. of the day. Something that might work for me probably doesn't work for you, or something that works for you doesn't work for me. Yeah. So it's about trying to find whatever your good at and what you're in control and just making sure you're doing whatever you can do to uh, to get to where you need to be because mm. everything will fall into place as yeah. long as you, you take care. As soon as you start letting someone else who's trying to play mind games get in, it's all over. You've it's already all lost. Off. Yeah. You've already lost. And especially track cycling where it is about these making teams and about these one percenters, it does make a hell of a difference. Fuck yeah. Be yeah. Mature words there, buddy. Oh, like, well, bloody I hell. Think, I think that's the interesting thing is I've gone, going through that whole London experience, at the time I thought it was the absolute worst thing I could possibly do. But now I look back over things, it's the best thing that could possibly happen. Shit, yeah. And now, Which like, is, now you're, to fast forward now to, like, Rio, coming into that, the psychological, I wouldn't say the psychological side of things you're ready for it because there's always going to be stuff thrown up yeah. along the way but that that little stuff yeah you can handle on your ear now and that's the i think that's the biggest thing was making it to london you you make the olympic team you think gold medals you think success but for me it was completely different mm. made it to london yeah i was the second youngest we were, me and my sister were the first ever australian pair to a brother and sister to go wow cool um, so that was another <laughs> thing which was pretty cool um but yeah all of a sudden you get these words from ian mckenzie going look mate you haven't made the team for qualifying, but you need to come to the track, warm up, just in case something happens. We're not sure what what's going to happen in round round one and then in, in the final, so you need to be prepared that you might still get the right. Go there, warm up, see the boys qualify, go round one. Guy, Mac goes, look, mate, sorry, you haven't made round one, but we never know what happens for the final. Keep warming up, you might need it. Boys get into the gold-silver ride-off. I've already thinking I'm... This isn't looking too good. Anyway, you hear the words, mate, really sorry, but you haven't got it right. Mm. And uh, I just remember just all these times, all those hard times that I'd been telling myself, just get through this. It's all going to be worth it when you get to the Olympics. All of a sudden, you just feel, it's almost like a building around you just collapses. Okay. I felt like my body just sunk into the, into the ground. And I watched the boys um, ride a silver medal and I heard tears running down my cheeks. I don't know. To this day, I seriously don't know if it was for just absolutely over the moon for the, my teammates who had gone on to do this or just sheer absolute heartbreak that I hadn't actually got a ride. Mm. Um, and I still remember the conversation I had with my sister 
Um, she was there at the yeah, track. Yeah, that's yeah. what's really lucky is, is being able to share it with my sister. Is I went to her apartment, which is just across the, the room from mine, and I remember sitting there on the couch saying, look, I, I remember just sitting there pretty much just in tears, um, just thinking, like, this sucks. Like, what I've just dedicated so much of my time yeah. for so short. And I still remember sitting there and saying, look, there's two ways we can go from here. Yeah. We either quit and say, look, I gave it a shot and I tried and I failed and that's it. Or you get back on your bike and every day you get on your bike, you prove a point that you deserve that spot and that from then on, it's never, I think for me, it was it was pretty, it was pretty hard. I said, I'll, I'll have a month off and I'll see how I feel after that. And mm. Month off the bike, just did anything but cycling. Didn't touch, didn't even go on a mountain bike, didn't do anything got to the end of that and I was like you know what I still have this love for this sport and every time that I got on a bike from then it was I need to prove a point to a certain person I won't name that um, but one I need to prove that I deserve a spot there and yeah. two whenever I go to a race it's about making sure that I am one of the best ones there and that it never happens and that when I do get to Rio I make sure that it's a completely different story wow it's um it's funny I can really relate to that story because Look, mine wasn't the Olympic Games. Mm. Mine was much smaller. It was the, the Junior Worlds. Yeah. And the track was the same thing for me. And yeah. I rode the first two rounds and they dropped me out of the final. Yeah. And I did the same thing as you. I warmed up, which yeah. I absolutely hated doing. Yeah, it was you, know, hard. you just wanted to be anything but... And exactly. And I was standing there on the side of the track also crying. Yeah. And um, afterwards, I remember just booting out of that track and I put just some music on. I just went up the road on my bike and... I had the same feeling. I was like, yeah. this can go two ways here. I was ready yeah. to, I was 17 or 18 at yeah. the time, ready to hang it up and going, screw this. And, you know, to this day, I'm, I'm wrapped because, you know, half those guys don't even ride anymore. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is, I think at the time it was, I, was ne- I thought it was the worst thing that could ever happen. But I think now it's the absolute best thing because the whole experience... I've learned, I learned so much about myself. I think I matured a hell of a lot mm. in a very short time. I grew a lot both on and off the bike. I think being pushed every time. And I think the biggest thing though that I took away was the amount of hurt that I went through. Every time that I go to a training camp now, it's fucking easy. It's easy. Mm. I just feel as though when I go to a camp now, it's like, well, mate, look what you went through back in 2011, 2012. Look what we're doing now. Now I can go and do a session and I'm picking my nose enjoying it because I know how much so the training the sessions are easy now are well, they? exactly yeah well, right <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say easy but I think the it's not mental it's yeah. not mentally challenging yeah. anymore which I think now where before it was more mental and physically but now it's just physical so do you have no fear now because you're like you know what I'm just going to put out everything I've got and if I don't make it, I don't, I don't make it because I wasn't yeah, good enough. Exactly. And that doesn't scare you anymore? Exactly. And I think that's the thing is, for me, as soon as I learned, what I learned is you're only in control of your own little bubble. Yeah. And so for me, as my parents have always told me, let your legs do the talking and everything else will do the, do its rest. Where a lot of other people are complete opposite. They do all the talking with their mouth and their legs don't really do it. So for me, it's, I just know what I need to do. I know what works for me. And every time since 2012, whenever I've gone to a race, I've always been one of the strongest, if not the strongest. And the amazing moment, advice, mate. You're at like... the moment, it's, it's all going well. And I think it's just been such a an amazing, I probably wouldn't say amazing, I'd say an interesting roller coaster. Mm. It's definitely had a lot of, it's had some ups, but it's definitely had a lot of downs. 
Um, and I think it all kind of... Well, you've had heaps of points where you could have just turned. Yeah. Well, it, And you've chosen like, you know what? I've had a lot because going back now, so I'm all for that is... I was in TID. I got picked up through TID when I was 11. What's TID? So, Talent Identification Program. So, it's through the South Australian Sports Institute. They come and do different tests, like the beat test, where you're on the shuttle run. They do your height, the weight, and they work out what sport you'd be good at. So, anyway, made TID. I'm 11 years old. Get to the end of the year. They're going through. They're like, yeah, everyone else is extended. Sorry, Alex. We don't see that you have any potential in this sport. So, I think you should pick something else. Like, you're not... You're... You what sport did they... Cycling. Oh, they did track put cycling. you in cycling. Yeah, so they put yeah. me into track cycling anyway. So all these other kids, I'm 11, I've been told, got no future in this sport. I'm pretty much in tears. Like, I've got this letter as a little 11-year-old. You get a little letter and you think, oh my God, this is awesome. Run to my bedroom with this letter, open it up, and it's telling me that I've got no future in this sport. You're out. And I just remember having tears. Anyway, so and that so was it a, started then. So, yeah, so that's a time where all of a sudden I sat down with parents and they're like, why don't you prove a point to these people? So I was like, all right, well, yeah, let's do that. So I did that and anyway, got back into SASI into a proper scholarship. SASI, um, South Australian yeah, Institute of Sport. Yeah. Got into that. Then I did my knee. So then, um, oh no, 20, yeah, 2010, I went to the, tried to go to the Junior Wells at national titles, missed it by one spot. So then they were like, all right, let's just focus on the road world championships I'm just going to focus 100% on that mm. did my knee so it was out for 7 months so I missed the junior worlds and that's where we picked up the start and that's where we started yeah so right my I think my days that I've had so far have definitely had a lot of times when it's been I think a fork in the road as opposed mm. to you say it's a team section it's either you go down one way and never come back or you come back the other way and you come back stronger yeah nice and I think every time I've, I've learned you never I guess you never really want to have really hardships in your career but I think for me to be only 22 at the moment I've gone through a hell of a lot and I think it's put me in uh, in pretty good in a good, pretty good place not just men- I think my mentally well I think it has spot. like I can speak from experience now being racing in Europe for a few years it's like the biggest thing now in Europe I find I think obviously you've got to be physically good enough to be in Europe, but for yeah. Australians, it's a it's a mental game. You're away from home for nine months, and if you can handle being in Europe, you know through the ups and downs, yeah. the physical side of things, yeah, sure you got to be you got to be talented, but um, if you can handle yourself mentally, that's that's half the game. Yeah, well, that's pretty much what one of the biggest things that Tim Decker, my coach, said is cycling is pretty much sixty seven percent mental. Yeah. 20 or 30 percent of it is physical yeah and i i'm full 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 believer in that is well you're you've had plenty of proof exactly, of it you're like exactly. oh shit you know this is one of those tests again exactly and so i think now whenever i go to the track it's i know exactly what i have to do and it's just go there and get the job done and if i if i don't make it and that's what I, the conversations i had with tim was look give me an opportunity to do the road and then when i come back to the track if i'm not going good enough on the track don't select me hmm. i obviously don't deserve it um and so I think. So, now, are you what? What are you nervous about now? Are you nervous about coming into the road now and being a professional sign with Green Edge? Is something that you haven't done before? It sounds like track. You know, I'm not going to say you're not nervous about that now, but you know your limits there, and you know where you are. And now the road, it's a little bit unknown. Yeah. Well, exactly. And I think you you get comfortable at what you normally do. Yeah. Um. So for the track, I've done it now for a couple of. Well, 
I've done it for a fair few years that I know exactly when I line up on the track, I know exactly what I have to do. Um, I was even, it's funny, I was, I was more nervous lining up for a, a national title than I was lining up at the Commonwealth Games. Track race? This year, this year yeah. when I lined up for the team Why? shoot. I'm not sure. I really, I, I don't know. I just think... What, uh, do you think that you like, had more to prove in front of an Aussie yeah, crowd? Yeah, I think because I wanted to win six straight national titles. Yeah, right. And I, I, I didn't know that. As yeah. Weird, yeah, as weird as that, that sounds, I've won it every year since since the 20, 2011 when I was a junior. Um, and so it's just interesting that you can go to the Commonwealth Games and just get it done because the thing is you're training for it every day. Mm. You just know exactly what you have to do. You line up, you start, you think, all right, I've got a lap and a half. Do it's all foreign half. too. Exactly. You know, you've never been to that track and all exactly. that sort of but stuff. But I think now coming back to, to, the, to the road, I think I've been so comfortable with the track, but now all of a sudden I'm, I've jumped, I've been that big fish in the, in the, in a small pond, but now all of a sudden I've gone to the road scene. Now I'm a tiny fish in a massive, massive pond. Mm. How did you feel this year at the Nationals riding with Green Edge? I think... Uh, was mixed, that was mixed. that nervous for you? Or were you just like, yeah, yeah whatever? No. I, I definitely was most nervous I've, I've been in a hell of a long time. Yeah, right. Um, I just... Even even lining up the Bay Crits the first time. Yep. I think... Um, I certainly know from Williamstown. Yeah. So, Williamstown, you were doing... We were doing the lead out together. And uh, Caleb was behind us. You were in front of me and I was supposed to lead Caleb out. And um, you just had to do half a lap was all you needed to do. And that was plenty. Yeah. But um, when you took off, mate, you were just like, I ended up didn't end up doing a turn and Caleb ended up winning the race. But I was like, I could actually feel, I wasn't nervous energy, but I could feel the... Yeah, the jitters. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, when you took off, you, you, you took off like, you yeah. know, a horse you know I was like well easy buddy easy I couldn't even keep up you know and I was just wondering whether that was just how you rode or you were just sort of like pretty keen to do the job right yeah you know? well exactly I think every time that it's a new team yeah every time that I'm doing something I want to make sure that I'm deserving my spot and I'm proving a point and, and doing the best of, of my abilities but also trying to do the best for the team mm. um, and so I think that's what's really it's interesting feelings to go through because I guess signing a free contract um for last year, all of a sudden I'm doing all this track, but I know in the back of my head, as soon as it goes 2016, you're a road pro. You need a you're with the big boys. Yeah, you're, I'm not trained to, to ride with on 23s. I'm riding to train with, with the best in yeah. in this in this ball game. So I think all of a sudden you you start doubting yourself. I'm at the track. I'm doing what I need to do for the track, but then I'm going, wait a minute. In a couple of months, I'm meant to be doing five hour days, 200k races, over climbs over cobbles whatever it may be racing mm. with the big guys so it's been a whole new I guess game twister for me to, to be able to mentally take it but also physically because the track's so different these days now um, it's not about having a high I guess aerobic thing it's all about now that you're going so much faster you have to ride bigger gears so you need to go spend a lot more time in the gym mm. so you're not actually doing your road case. So you're getting further and further away from the yeah, road. Yeah, so it's just... It's so probably really, back in the in the past, say back like 2000, 2004, those guys could swap between the track and the road yeah. pretty easily. Yeah, because... Uh, back well, then, actually back then, I remember Stuart O'Grady and... Well, two, even 2008, yeah. Stuart O'Grady, Graham Brown, Luke Roberts. They all came they off all the came road. Up. Yeah, they all came And that'd back. be impossible now. Well, Hepburn. Well, look, I think it's... You've got to be... 
amazingly talented, which yeah. Australia is pretty lucky to have. Um, I think with, with Jack, both Jack Bobridge and, and Michael Hepburn. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot of people, uh, you definitely can't do it from the youngest. I think now it's a lot harder to do it when you're younger because you need to be so much stronger. Yeah. Um, and so that's the hardest thing. It's almost like you're on a freeway and you, you know the exit that you want to take, but you've missed it and you're going on and you just seems to be getting further and further away. Mm. Um, and eventually, I guess, you've made that call now, but a few guys, a lot of guys who are on the track, they're like, get comfortable, like you said. And it's like, oh, it's, it's a hard jump to the road now. Yeah, exactly. You go so, to the bottom of the chain again. Yeah, all of a sudden, then you, you start going, geez, this is a pretty big gap. Um, but so I think that's the interesting thing is, is trying to do both. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what I'm looking forward to is being able to, to hopefully get to Rio. I'm not, I haven't really been selected. So yeah. that's a, the ultimate goal is, of course, going to Rio and hopefully standing on that top step. That's what the last four, whole four years has all been about. Every time I've gone on the bike, so is about making it to Rio, proving to a certain someone, well, to a few people. <laughs> I should probably not just say one because that's probably bad. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think from then, then I can just, for me, depending on how it goes, uh, but I'm pretty sure at this stage, it's going to be just road from then on. And look, I just, I've never really been able to focus just on one thing. It's always mm. been track season, do the track. As soon as track season finished, do a little bit of road. But the Try road, and get some results yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. Tim's always like, mate, you've got, you've got two months, here's your window, just do what you can. Mm. Um, suffer through with hardly any form. Um, and so, but the thing is, like like you said before, you're 22, and you know we've seen guys, you know, when Stewie retired at Stuart O'Grady retired when he was 39, yeah. I think. Yeah, 39. And um, you know, so like oodles, it's a, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yen's um, jeez, if I'm not yeah. that long, <laughs> exactly. You know, like so, there's plenty of time there, and um, it sounds like you got a lot of the harder things figured out. Um. It's just going to be now doing the physical stuff, which no doubt I, I've seen and experienced already this year that you do have. So, um, And just quickly, moving away from all that sort of stuff, just to get on some technical stuff, um, run me through what a typical day or even just quickly, a typical week now, you guys are leading up to the Olympics because I, this was mind-blowing for me. Um, I thought it was sort of training pretty hard here on the road. Yeah. But like typically, you guys are what, six days a week? Seven six, days. Six days at the track. Six days at the track. Yeah. So I'll run you through it. Gets, that's the thing is you spend a lot of time in camps and it's not just physically demanding, it's mentally challenging. Um, so like most days is double sessions. Yep. Um, some days are triple sessions. Trips. Nice. Um, so that's always a, a nice one when you've got ergo in the morning, gym session and a big track session in the afternoon. Right, so like a Monday would be like a double. So, yeah, so a Monday is a double day. So that gym and that's meant to be the recovery day. <laughs> so that's gym and uh, an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, right. So nice. light gym, just light, light gym. Yeah. Then Tuesday. How's yeah. that recovery? Yeah, right. What do you do? Your just like guess is as good as do you just guess. do light weights or just less no, that's reps? Heavy. No, that's heavy weights. Yeah, right. Okay. So that's meant to. I'd, yeah. I just stick out. Of it. Yeah. That's when I just focus. Look, it's obviously uh, there for a reason. Yeah, and they've done the research. They're, they're, Don't start questioning the it. They're, yep. They're, they're obviously in their job for a reason. Okay. Um, so I just do it. Anyway, Tuesday, Tuesday could be double track. Yeah. So you're at the track from nine o'clock in the morning till sometimes six o'clock at night. And you just do a session in the morning, session. have some lunch, do another session in the afternoon. Yeah. Just okay. stay around the village run. Then Wednesday is another gym session in the morning. Yeah. Uh, normally a track session in the afternoon. Okay. 
Thursday might be out on the road for doing SEs, team bomb trials. Strength endurance efforts on the hill, yeah. So Um, big gear sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah, in the afternoon, either back at the gym or ergo. Yeah. Um, Then Friday's back. Oh, afternoon, back at the... Yeah, back at the track. So gym after that. Oh, no, so Thursday, so that's either uh, ergo session. Mm. So it's either an ergo session or a track session. Yeah, right. Friday, you go ergo in the morning, then you do an ergo session, then you do a track session. And then Saturday... Ergo in the morning and then what? And then uh, ergo in the morning, then gym. Oh, gym. Yeah, right. Yeah. Then track. Then track. Yeah, right. And then uh, Saturday is... That's normally the, that's normally where you do the big gears. Um, yeah. So more strength sort of, which will be either a two-hour ride in the morning and then track in the afternoon or vice versa. And then the Sunday is a, a long ride ride, so either five or six hours. And then Monday, you know, you're back in the gym for a crazy, you know, cruisy uh, recovery gym session. You spend the majority of your time at the velodrome. I think that's almost the the hardest thing is you're spending so much time at this bloody venue that all you want to do is get away and you just want to just go on a plane and fly somewhere as far, far away as you can. But I guess at the end of the day, going back to what we always say is do you, whatever it's, whatever we're doing is obviously working. Mm. Um, It might be tough now, but hopefully in uh, six months time we can be sitting here with something special we've made something special happen sweet mate well thanks for coming on and chatting about some stuff actually we didn't even really get to what we were going to talk about (laughs) but I found that so interesting and I learned a hell of a lot about you Um, really cool mate thanks yeah no I think it's it's been uh, an interesting 22 years well, I've been riding now for 10, so it's been an interesting 10 years. Yeah, right. Uh, so, no, looking forward to the new yeah, new goals and looking forward to hopefully making something out of this road business. Looking forward to sort of trying to get one over you before you get the handle of the road. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just looking forward to working with you, mate, and hopefully yeah. learning some stuff for the classics because I've always grown up wanting... wanting yeah, I reckon you'll be classics, sweet. So. Nice. Yeah, we're into it. Cool, mate. All right, so I've got three questions for you. Yep. Favorite race and why? Favorite race. Don't know. You don't even have to have ridden it. Just. I've always had a thing for Flanders. Oh yeah. I've always, since I can remember, liking cycling. It's always. Tour of Flanders. Flanders has yeah. always been one that sticks out. I'm not sure why. That of all ones, I remember when... But winner of the under-23 Tour of Finders. Yeah, well, I think when I, I first saw, when Bling got second, I remember going, holy... I Bling, Michael Matthews. Yeah, uh, Michael yeah. Matthews, I just remember going, jeepers, that was pretty bloody cool. And I remember every time that I was on the road, I'd be mucking around with my friends and start riding on the road, on the dirt, and be like, oh, Ron Flanders, one day I'm going to do it. And so I think that's what was so special for me last year, winning it. Mm. Um, you you dream of something for so long, but to actually go there and do it was, I was just shocked. I like I even had tears that I was that stoked. I think um, I think that's definitely in my career so far. That's definitely the one standout. Wow, oh. standout ride. So mate, keep dreaming for the big boy. Well, then. that's exactly right. It's exactly going back to my scrapbook. There's uh, I set out goals when I was fifteen. Mm. And there's a few of them that I've ticked off, but there's one there that's Tour of Flanders. Tour of Flanders, and yeah, there's Tour of Flanders, an Olympic gold. Maybe we should give you a ride this year. 
I'm not sure. What Timmy, <laughs> I'm not sure what Timmy would say with that, but I'm looking forward to the challenges ahead. That's for sure. All right, cool. That's a good one. Um, if there wasn't cycling, what would you be? What would you be known for? Look, if I was smarter, I'm not quite gifted with the old uh, smart genes like my sister is. Um, I would definitely be a pilot. And I oh, think yeah. in the Air Force, I think there's nothing cooler than... In the Air Force, not just a commercial Air pilot? Force pilot? I think commercial pilot would be cool, but nowadays they're all just flown off computers. Okay. Um, where I would love to be uh, an Air Force pilot. I mm. think um, flying like a, a tornado. Uh, my mum's from Scotland and just down 10 miles from her place is the um, Lossy Mouth Air Base, mm. so the, the British um, RAF base. Um, and... The amount of time I reckon I would have clocked up, oh, probably a week, if not more, just sitting at the end of that runway, just waiting. Mum used to drop me and my brother off. Just watching the planes Just land. watching planes take off, land, take off, wow. land, and we just sit underneath watching these planes. So I've always been crazy about this, and I've always, I've, I won't lie, I did go on and try and do the test. And I, right. I failed miserably. So. <laughs> I think that, well, that dream, shut that one. Yeah, that dream. Just cycling yeah. is the, the next choice. Yeah, that dream uh, got away. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, favorite drink can be alcoholic, non-alcoholic, whatever. Favorite drink. This is interesting. I think from growing up in Malaysia when I was a baby, mango. I don't know, mango juice. Mango juice. Yeah. If you could have anything, that's it. Yeah, I really like mango yeah, juice. Yeah, right. Nice. Yeah. I don't think I've ever, ever had mango juice. Haven't you? Mango nectar? You've never had mango nectar? Never. Not that I know. Oh, yeah. Do you get it in... In Oz. Yeah? Yeah, in Oz. Or whenever I go through Singapore or something like that, you get mango juice. Fresh mango juice is pretty good. Yeah, right. Oh, nice. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks, buddy. No problem. 